0: Hey guys, today we start a brand new series on the seven deadly sins. Now, these are not things that you're going to find in your Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible where it gives a listing of the traditional seven deadly sins. It's actually something that came from a monk back in the dark ages. Some famous classical writers have talked about it. So it's a really helpful list, the seven deadly sins. And that's why we're going to talk about it today. So let's jump into week one. Of our series and before we do i want to go over this series big idea it's really important to understand this the seven deadly sins are bad habits that destroy our ability to love god to love others and even to love ourselves this is a great way to classify any kind of sin after all jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the lord your god with all your heart soul and strength and then to love your neighbor as yourself so really sin at root is going against this basic commandment The commandment to love. Remember, God's commandments aren't about keeping us from enjoying life. It's actually just the opposite. God's commandments help us to really get the most out of life. Well, sin destroys all all of that and here's the solution according to author graham tomlin we'll put a link to his book down below we're basing this series loosely on his excellent book called the seven deadly sins he writes the emergence of goodness in us is not a matter of strenuous moral exertion on our part but of responding to the love of god who looked for us long before we ever looked for him and working together with the Holy Spirit who tirelessly works to bring some likeness to Jesus Christ out of us. So we're gonna see as we go through this series that the antidote to these sins is actually to respond to the love of God. All right, so here's the classical listing of the seven deadly sins. You got pride and lust, envy, sloth, anger, greed and gluttony. And today in lesson one, we're gonna talk about the sin at the top of the list, pride. Let's start with the definition. Pride is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Or another definition is a consciousness of one's own dignity. Now this is a dictionary definition of pride, but I wanna show you what the Bible says about it. Pride is a false pathway to self-worth, making self-worth or self-esteem something that we try to build on the basis of our own goodness. Jesus illustrates this really well in Luke chapter 18 when he told a story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Proud people, right? He said, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, a deeply religious leader back in his day, and the other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like all the other people, cheaters and sinners and adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. He said, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. All right, here's what's happening in this story. in case you don't recognize it. I think most of us do recognize it. Here's a guy who is self-righteous. He's singing his own praises. And what, what is pretty clear when we meet people like this, when we encounter people like this, maybe you're like this, or maybe you know some people like this, they're tooting their own horn. They're elevating themselves. They're trying to get other people to acknowledge how good they are. And so many times what's at the root of that is low self-esteem really because people who are confident in their own self-worth they don't need to say stuff like that right but other people actually try to do this sort of stuff to build up their own sense of self-worth and the problem with that at least according to the bible is that it never works because we're all broken we're all sinners we're all imperfect instead consider the opposite of pride which is Humility, and here's how we define it. It's being secure in your own standing with God on the basis of Christ's goodness alone. The Apostle Paul illustrates this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where he says God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This idea is at the heart of the biblical Christian message. It's that you and I are broken, that we cannot save ourselves, but that if instead we would let go of our pride, we would let go of our desire to assert ourselves, or we'd let go of our need to save ourselves, and if we would look to Jesus and recognize that we're broken and place our trust in Jesus and recognize in humility that he's God, and that we're not, then according to the Bible, we will be saved. And then we can be secure in our standing with God because it's on the basis of Christ's goodness, not on the basis of our own goodness. So back to our story in Luke 18, we already saw what the Pharisee did. And here's what Jesus says about the tax collector. He said that he stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven. And he prayed like this, beating his chest in sorrow, he said, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And then Jesus finishes the story with this simple takeaway. He says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, it's really hard to be self-aware when we read a story like this one in Luke 18, but I want to challenge you to think about that. Which character do you associate more with? The Pharisee who's trying to build up his self-esteem by talking about all the things that he's done, or do you relate more to the tax collector who says, man, I'm broken, I'm miserable, and I need you, Jesus. Now, I want to make sure that you understand this doesn't mean you have to hate yourself it doesn't mean you have to beat yourself down that's not what the opposite of pride is the opposite of pride is humility And so the antidote to pride is not self-hatred but it's actually self-sacrifice it's the ability to look outward to find someone to serve and we see this modeled in jesus himself look at what it says in john 13 it says jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. And so he got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. Now, I want you to pay attention to what's happening in this verse. It says at the beginning there that Jesus knew that he had authority. It said that Jesus understood where his value and his worth came from he knew what his real identity was and so he humbled himself and served notice it doesn't say that in spite of that he humbled himself and he served that even though he was above that he humbled himself and he served no it says that because he knew what his real value and worth was because he had good self-worth because of that he could serve And if you want to fight the deadly sin of pride in your own life, then do what Jesus did. Look outward and find someone to serve in humility. That's the first deadly sin of pride. Join us next time as we talk about the deadly sin of greed. And talk about all of this with your family, with your small group, or with your mentor using the resources at PursueGod.org.